everyone, and welcome back to 30 Extra Lives, the podcast. I'm your host, Tom Lynch, and, uh, well, it's been a little while. Uh, we're not gonna get into a lot of why it's been so long, but mainly, uh, I have moved yet again, and, uh, finally have an office that I'm turning into a good studio, so I can record more. So, you know, back to me talking about stuff that you don't care about. Back to me watching Ninja Turtles and telling you what those Ninja Turtles did for 28 minutes when the show is only 18 minutes long. But today we're here to celebrate uh, the release of Spawn number 300. Uh, Spawn is a comic series that has obviously been running a while. Um you know, when it came out, it made a huge splash. It made it got me into a comic shop, a true comic shop, uh, for the first time, really. Uh, prior to that, I always ever just bought comics off of spinner racks or at uh, the flea markets. You know, they'd always have cheap books there. I had no idea comic shops existed until, you know, someone in school brought in a spawn. And, you know, as kids, we were just enraptured with with the idea he just looked cool he had chains everyone loves chains those are cool they're very 90s um and it's just a fun it was a fun thing to see and be a part of uh, especially during the 90s comic boom but obviously it survived past that uh it's been 20 some odd years since spawn first hit the shelves and uh and we're going to talk a little bit about spawn uh and its creator todd mcfarlane and kind of the history of it um as i like to do so let's start from the beginning uh oh this is pretty good so you know everyone's vaguely familiar with image comics you know it exists mostly people probably know it from spawn although these days you probably know it from the walking dead uh which you know just ended uh that's a whole other topic we're not going to get into that but according to uh there's an archive of spawn.com i'm not sure that what spawn.com directs to actually i'll just check it out what does spawn.com okay spawn.com just pushes to mcfarland.com which looks like it's just a toy site um right now and featured yeah it's for the toys so there was a an archive version of Spawn.com that has kind of um like a little autobiography. I, I don't know if it's autobiography, but a little biography of Todd McFarlane and kind of how Image came to be. So according to that, uh, Todd was, or McFarlane, I'm going to refer to him as both because my notes are both because I don't know why I do that. Um, but McFarlane took some time off from drawing Spider-Man, which, uh, you know, at the time was selling millions of copies. And... He well, he had just had a kid, so he took time off to uh, you know deal with that. And according to, according to this, he came up with the idea of like, hey, I don't like how we're being treated. We should go form our own coalition of comic creators. So he goes and enlists Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld, Jim Valentino, Eric Larson, Mark Silvestri, and Will Sportasio to go with him and start Image Comics. Uh, I've read you know, I don't know, probably 10 to 15 different accounts of this uh, in the researching this episode. Some of those accounts even mentioned that, like, Chris Claremont was involved um, and, and one or two other, like, big-name writers, but it seems 
odd that especially claremont like you know they they kicked him off of his own book to give jim lee the chance to make you know x-men number one and and do his own thing so it seems odd that claremont would be like oh yeah cool i want to hang out with you guys um but obviously he didn't go he's you know Claremont is still under contract with Marvel under exclusive license to just stop him from ever writing comics for anybody else. It's that's weird too. Anyway, back to what we were at. Um, so basically, you know, Todd McFarlane, he's, you know, creating characters for Marvel. He's drawing one of the biggest books, you know, Rob Liefeld is doing X factor. Jim Lee's doing X-Men. Like these guys are doing like high level stuff for Marvel and they're selling millions of dollars worth of comics but they don't feel like they're getting proper due uh, in terms of money and also in terms of creative control. And I think creative control is the real big one that they wanted to do. So they go off and they start image comics. So, uh, you know, it didn't, it wasn't exactly a smooth launch. Uh, I think every single person's comic launched late. I, I think when they suddenly didn't have editors, they were their own editors. They realized, you know, Hey, this is a little harder than we thought it would be, but you know they figured it out. So in May of 1992, Spawn number one comes out and it sells 1.7 million copies. Now to put that in perspective, in June 2019, just you know two months ago, the number one comic was Black Cat number one, and that sold 255,000. The comic economy has changed so drastically since the early 90s uh the early 90s was a time when people like comic shops would pop up every week because it was such a huge it was doing such huge business everyone was flocking to comic shops every comic was worth 10 times as much as it, it did the day it launched you know you'd hear stories of these comic shops that pop up they order you know around 10 copies of the new superman issue they keep five for themselves, sell the five so they're sold out, and then the next day put them up behind the cash register for 30 bucks a pop. And people would pay those prices. you know. And then, of course, once that boom finished booming and it crashed, and it crashed really hard, all of those shops are gone. Um, and it's kind of just been a slow crash ever since, uh, as you can see with you know comic shops kind of closing left and right and very few opening up to fill the gaps. But that again is another. I'm 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 setting the seeds for a bunch of episodes in the future. <laughs> but anyway, um, so Spawn uh, back to June 2019, a couple months ago, uh, Spawn number 298 actually sold 58,000 comics, which isn't that bad. It's the 19th best-selling book that month according to Comicron.com. That's a. I want to give them a shout out because it's a cool website. It's a C-O-M-I-C-H-R-O-N.com. They give you month-by-month breakdowns like dating back to the 80s, you know. Some of the numbers obviously are, are kind of estimated and they admit as much, but it's it's cool to see and I use it a lot in researching here. So we'll talk more about specific numbers, uh, what sells what and what's a good number for sales these days. But, you know, uh, 298 leading up to his big issue 300 he's picking up a lot of steam on numbers and obviously those numbers i don't even know if those numbers include digital sales because i know i've switched to all digital when it comes to my floppies um so who knows how many more are actually selling but i guess the same could be true of you know black cat and anything ahead of spawn but yeah we'll get we'll get more into numbers a little later 
but the actual comic of Spawn. So I've actually uh, kind of luckily, I guess is the term, started rereading Spawn. Uh, I guess I guess reading for the first time, really. Because as a kid, I had, you know, Scattershot. I probably had, I don't know, 12 of the first 25 issues before I kind of fell off of it. You know, my dad stopped giving me a ride to the comic shop or that comic shop closed or any number of things. You know, it's I, I was young. Um, you, know, we, you know, we do crazy stuff when we're young, you know, like stop buying comics. I wish I could do that today. But anyway... Like I was saying earlier, the art was cool, the, the the character had a really good look, and the story like seemed dark, but reading it again now, and I'm up to issue, I don't know, let's say, let's say I'm, I'm about up to issue 25 or so, um, the writing is uh, not great, it's really, really ham-fisted in a lot of places, um, you know, so the, the story of Spawn is, you know, he's this mercenary, he dies, he makes a deal with the devil to come back to life, um, but they bring him back five years after he's dead. His uh, his widow has remarried and has a kid, which apparently they couldn't have kids together for some reason. Um, and it's just there's a lot of like Spawn looking sad and oh Spawn oh they took five years from you Spawn what do you oh Spawn oh Spawn's sad and then on the other half of that once Spawn's done being sad. It's a lot of, well, they had everything lined up for Spawn, but they didn't count on Spawn. And then Spawn kicks everyone's ass, um, which is fine. You know, your your protagonist should probably win most of the time. But it's every time, like, even in the, like, previously on blips, and I, I wish I had pulled up a couple to, to, to quote specifically, but it's stuff like, it's just a lot of it's a lot of like they thought they had spawn in a quarter but they they hadn't realized that spawn thought of everything it's a lot of spawn being just like the coolest dude and he knows everything everyone's out to get spawn but he was too badass so you know it's a lot of what made that character that character was the the idea and then you know five years later you know, he gets a movie, you know, he's got an HBO TV show, like, something about that character resonated, even if the writing wasn't great, um, and so, like, kind of, to that end, issue 295 is where I picked up the new series to kind of, uh, to catch back up to see what's been happening since, you know, issue 25 till then, um, they were able to boil down 295 issues into 22 pages of comics, uh, and honestly, it felt like the first half of that boil down was stuff I'd already read in the first 20 issues. So they had a great start, but it and, and, it, and you can kind of feel it if you go back and read those, you know, issues, you know, let's say 15, 16, 17, like you can feel them kind of spinning their wheels a bit, like um, like almost like he hadn't planned that far ahead. And, you know, maybe it was part of the plan to just have Spawn sit in an alley with a bunch of homeless guys for an issue and drink a beer. And, like, it just, it, it felt like there was no advancement. After the first few issues of, like, bam, 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 like, here's this, here's that, like, here's a big mystery, who's this guy? And then they kind of lay everything out for you, and then he kind of, Spawn just kind of floats around for a while. And it seems odd, because he doesn't really have much of a character, and they don't really build on him much. It just didn't really work. So, 
Todd McFarlane enlisted some help. And this is before it gets into the spinning wheels portion. Um, but for issues 8 to 11 of Spawn, he went and got some of the biggest name writers out there to write an issue of the comic for him. So issue 8 was Alan Moore, issue 9 was Neil Gaiman, issue 10 was Dave Sim, and issue 11 was Frank Miller. Um, I will say I kind of remember liking issue 11. I remember loving issue 9, and I already, I didn't even put together that Alan Moore wrote issue 8. I, I didn't think that was... I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I should go back and reread it. Um, the Dave Sim issue actually is not included in the collections I've been reading uh, because him and his uh, Cerebus... I always mispronounce it. I want to call him Cerebus. Cerberus? No, I want to call him Cerberus, but he's actually Cerebus. Um, that character, you know, of course, with everything Dave Sim did, that character had to be part of it. And so I guess there's some, you know, rights things going on. Anyway, that issue's not included in the collection. So I have no idea how good that is. I don't really care. The less said about that guy, the better. So the important issue of those four, though, is issue number nine with Neil Gaiman. He created the medieval spawn, Angela, who is now part of Marvel Comics, and Cagliostro. I think that's how you say it or spell it. I feel like I've written it down 40 times, and I always mess it up. Um, so what happened was, you know, Todd McFarlane had these guys come in. Neil Gaiman seemed to be the only one to really add anything to the spawn mythos, but what he added was huge. So number one, he added the idea of Angela being an angel <laughs> um, hunting these hellspawn and introducing the idea that, number one, not only is there does heaven have an answer to spawn that is trying to stop them, but number two, this fight has been going on for a long time. So, you know, there's a medieval spawn in there, and so he's, so so the spawn as we know him, Al Simmons, is not the original Spawn. He's not the first one to wear the Spawn suit. And that was a first. That This issue is the first time they bring that up. And then, uh, yeah, having Angela, and then this Cagliostro guy, maybe he showed up before, but I don't think so, because Neil Gaiman is listed as co-creator of him as well. And he's like some, like behind the scenes, like I know how the devil works, but I also know how God works, and I can help you out kind of thing. And he'll explain how everything goes. Uh, I'm still in the middle of like him kind of explaining stuff to Spawn. But those characters didn't exist. Neil Gaiman comes in and, and introduces basically centuries of lore and, and these characters that would go on to to exist outside of just that issue. And so Gaiman thought he was co-creator. And so he's listed as such in most online resources I can find. Uh, the problem is McFarlane decided that he didn't want to use those characters anymore and didn't have to pay Gaiman his royalties. So this led to a lawsuit. Uh, around 1997, um, they came to an agreement where they were going to give Neil Gaiman the rights to the Miracle Man character. Um, the problem being the other Miracle Man character that Alan Moore had worked on there was the rights didn't really exist with McFarlane to give so in the end uh, like Gaiman was trying to get rid of the characters it seemed like he didn't really care but he just wanted to be paid his due which is interesting considering why Todd McFarlane left Marvel to start Image hmm um 
So in 2002, uh, a lawsuit was filed over a new Spawn comic. Um, how? What was it called? Of course, I don't have it in my notes in front of me. I think it was called Spawn... Yeah, okay. So in 99, Todd McFarlane wrote and drew a comic... Well, I don't know if he wrote and drew it, but he at least created a comic called Spawn the Dark Ages, which has a Dark Ages spawn and a different uh, scantily clad lady hunting spawn. Uh, It's pretty clearly Angela and Medieval spawn. And the judge in the case, uh, the case that was filed in 2002, which took almost 10 years to resolve, the judge even said, like, why not make him, I'm, I'm quoting here, why not make him a Portuguese explorer in the 16th century or an officer of the Royal Navy in the 18th century, a recruit of Simon Bolivar, Bolivar, I'm going to, in the 19th century, a companion of Odysseus on his voyages. But instead, you made a character that's in the same century as medieval spawn. Why? And uh, and then, oh yeah, so there were also characters Domina and Tiffany, uh, who are quote kick-ass warrior warrior angels with quote voluptuous physiques, long hair, and mask-like eye makeup. It, it, he just made the same characters. He just tried to name them something different, and thought he could move on. Uh, in Mark McFarlane's defense, he claimed the rules of the Spawn universe were never constant, and that characters were distinct from one another. Come on, like the rules of Spawn were never constant because you never came up with the rules, and the guy that did was Neil. Um, it's kind of a ridiculous thing to say. I, I don't know why he felt this was the way to go. It's just, it's bizarre. The whole thing was bizarre, but, uh, the, the judge and I believe it was a jury verdict ruled in favor of Gaiman. Uh, he had to be paid money for any merchandising where Dark Ages, Spawn, Domina, and Tiffany appeared. And also Gaiman got copyright holding interest in all of the characters. And also as part of that, uh, he got full ownership of Angela, which he then, like, the next year sold off to Marvel. Don't really know why. Um, don't know why he wouldn't just sell it back to Todd, but uh, instead he just he gave it to Marvel. I don't know if it was just, like, to like to stick it to him or just because he didn't want to do business with the guy anymore. But, uh, but, yeah, so Marvel has Angela and has done basically nothing with her, but she's not showing up in Spawn anymore. <laughs> the the even crazier thing about all of this is that the lore that Gaiman sets up in issue number nine is still being played off 290 issues later. Cogliostro is still the character trying to explain to all of the other people trying to stop Spawn how powerful Spawn is. And the power of Spawn comes from the previous generation's spawns. Like, he can pull from their power. Spawn doesn't know this yet, but he's so badass, I'm sure he'll figure it out. So, yeah, the idea that that McFarlane would try and play it off uh, when he's still using those ideas is uh, is kind of it's a little insulting. Um, but, obviously, that's all worked out. You know, the comic continues. Um, but... So even so, even so, let's let's say even so, let's say that Neil Gaiman, you know, created everything about Spawn. He only wrote one issue. It's still running for three hundred issues. So McFarlane's doing something right, uh, and 
it's remained a pretty consistent seller in the comics industry, whether or not the writing's been top tier or not. Um, so, you know, I pulled out a couple numbers here uh, just to kind of give you an idea of where Spawn is over the years. Um, around the time of the movie in September of 97, issue number 66 sold 147,000. Uh, it was just behind, it was number three behind Uncanny X-Men and X-Men when they were, you know, top tier. So they were selling 163, 162,000 each. So Spawn coming at number three was pretty huge. Um, although that was, a lot of that was a bump from the movie. Um, by April of 2004, jump ahead, what is that, seven years, Spawn 137 is selling 35,000. But it's still good to be number 54 on the list of top comics for the month. So it's not hitting the numbers it used to, but it's still like, it's it stayed within a range of the top comics that were out there. Um, so obviously over the years, I mean, not obviously, this is, shouldn't say that. Um, but that number dropped uh, over the years. So by April of 2011, um, it's selling like 16,000. And actually between April 2011 to January 2018, it averaged 16,000 copies uh, for each issue. So, you know, it's not, it was not doing great. Like, it's still kicking. Um, and I'm honestly, I'm sure the idea of Spawn and the merchandise uh, and McFarlane Productions and everything else that has grown out of Spawn is kind of funding the comic at this point. But it's still selling. It's still on the charts. Like, it's still in the top 100. And over the last couple months, it's gone up uh, quite a bit. Um it's, you know, averaging about 20000 a month, and it's jumped up pretty good. I had the number right in front of me. By June, you know, it's selling 58000 So it's climbing back up, and some of that has to do with the 300 issue coming up. Um, I will say the writing has gotten better in those 300 issues. Uh, you can see the jump from those early ones to these ones today, but there's still a little bit of that, like... Ooh, but Spawn was too smart for you. Um, it's it's fine. It's fun. It's a fun comic. I, I like the world they've built. Um, there are a couple like twists coming for me in the future, I guess. Um, oh, but that was one thing I, I meant to mention before, but I skipped over it. The collections of Spawn are weird. Um... So other collection, collections have existed, I believe, of every issue of Spawn at some point. But if you look at what's in print today, like what, and I, I, I looked on um, InStockTrades.com and also going by what's on Comixology, because, you know, generally they should be, what's on Comixology should be what's in print and it should be vice versa. Like it, it's kind of silly not to. So it's possible other collections exist that I am missing. But... There's a Spawn Origins line, which collects issues 1 to 122 across 20 volumes. That's what I've been reading to read my, um, to go through my read-through. Uh, so obviously it's missing, it's missing, it's missing issue 10 because uh, of Dave Sim, and so there may be a couple other issues in there that aren't included, but that's a pretty good run. But then looking at Comixology, there's not a collection until number 256, and then there's like four or five collections to kind of get you up to date. So combine that with the idea that in issue 295 or in issue 296, you can boil down 295 issues to 22 pages kind of tells me between 122 and 256, 
not much happens because they don't care to keep that in print and ready for someone to read, which is disappointing, I guess. Like, that's a lot of time to have nothing really happen. So I'm curious to see as I go through what the big, like, like I know all the big twists coming down the road now that I'm caught up on the new issues and I read this recap issue. I am curious to see how much of that is encapsulated in the first 122 and then how much of that, if any, is missed in those 125 issues that aren't easily available. Um, You can read the individual issues on Comixology. They do exist, but there's no nice collection of them. And that just, it says to me that they don't care about those issues as much. Um, I could be wrong. Um, But yeah. So, finally... We get to where we're getting to. Issue 300 drops today. I have not read it. I will read it at some point. Probably soon. It's like an $8 issue, but I guess it makes sense. 300, it's probably... Anyway, let's not worry so much about that. Issue 300, it's a big deal. And why is issue 300 for Spawn a big deal? Well, remember that guy I talked about earlier? Dave Sim with his Cerebus? Uh, He holds the record at 300 issues for the longest-running creator-owned comic. Um, So not necessarily independent, because I wouldn't really call Image independent these days, um, but creator-owned. So, you know, Todd McFarlane wholly owns Spawn, except for the characters he co-owns with Neil Gaiman. And, you know, maybe there's some others along the way, too. Um, But, yeah, so he's able... He was able to keep keep it going, like keep selling, like we were talking about, uh, for years. And so here we are, issue 300. And then next month with 301, he becomes the sole owner of the record. Um, and so to give you an idea of the sales of these comics and, and, and timing, Cerberus ran from, I believe, 1987 to 2004. Uh, it ran for 300 issues, like we talked about before. Um, it was independent, independently published by him, which I think means he kind of had less, you know what, I'm not even going to speculate on it because I don't know, um, but I will say issue 300, when it launched in March of 2004, sold 11,000 copies. Um, I don't think Spawn's ever dropped below 11,000 copies, so we're talking about two different stratospheres of creations. Um and by all accounts, the end of Sir Cerebus is not uh, a lot worth writing home for. And again, less said about that guy, the better. Let's move on. So Spawn's been able to do something that no one's been able to do. Um, Spawn, as if he's a character. Todd, Todd McFarlane has been able to do something no one's been able to do. You know, I didn't see a Cerebus movie. I didn't see a Cerebus cartoon show. I'm sure as hell not rereading Cerebus. Um so it's it's cool that that record is now going to be held by someone else. Um, and, you know, 300 issues is uh, is no small feat. It's, it's incredible to stick with a character that long. Even me, I've been working on 30 Extra Lives for, God, I don't even know how long. Um, I've been writing it since college, but uh, 12, 13 years, something like that. Uh, and I'm... I need to step away, so I'm like wrapping up this current storyline, and then I want to do a couple, a uh, couple things outside of of those characters. But Tom McFarlane's been able to stay on Spawn for years. 
comes out pretty much every month. Uh, so it's it's really impressive, you know, whether or not I enjoy the writing or not, someone is. Um, and it's good enough to, to do what it's doing. So congratulations, Tom McFarlane. And uh, one small note, uh, Spawn's kind of old, and I don't know how popular he really is with, you know, with the kids these days. But he's popular enough to warrant a guest character in Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, it was announced uh, just a couple days ago uh, that he is going to be one of the five or six characters as part of this uh, combat pass. It's not coming out. His character isn't coming out till next year, which is kind of a bummer. But uh, I'm excited to play it. Mortal Kombat 11 is a fantastic game. And uh, I I like playing it a lot. It's just it's fun it's a really fun game it can be frustrating a bit you play online you, you know you play enough games online you run into enough people you know what i'm talking about but like spawns a character spawn like he had a handful of games um oh speaking of games and this is kind of a perfect way to walk my way out the door if you head over to uh youtube.com slash thomas a lynch you will find a playthrough of the first you know, three or so levels of Spawn for the Super Nintendo. It's a game that I played a ton as a kid, uh, rented a lot. I think my friend owned it. Uh, I talk a little bit about my history with that there, so I won't recap it here. Um, but if you feel like watching a little bit of Spawn and watch me be pretty mediocre at it, uh, and hear some stories about, um, you know, KB toys and how Super Nintendo cards used to be sold, head on over to the YouTube channel. Uh, it should also be up at 30extralives.com, along with a link to this um, podcast that you're listening to. So I really don't need to tell you where to find this podcast, because you already made it to the end. Okay, I've clearly reached the end of talking, so that'll be it. So thank you, everyone, for listening to 30 Extra Lives, the podcast. I'm very happy to be back. My throat is now sore from talking for so long for the first time in almost a year um and hopefully i'll be getting back to to watch ninja turtles and we can finally finish off that show and uh move on with some of the other ideas i've got for this uh for this here podcast all right everyone have a good week go read some comics go play some video games go watch some movies watch some cartoons sit down and read a book enjoy life because life is here to be enjoyed and a big thanks goes out to Boy Pierce for providing the theme song for the podcast. Uh, you can find him at Boy Pierce Music on Instagram and Twitter and uh, I think Facebook and also BoyPierce.com. All right. I've been Tom Lynch. You've been awesome.